Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. <laughs> so Aaron and I met and I probably will only call him Aaron this one time because everybody calls him Ross. But um, Ross and I met our freshman year in college. I was in the cafeteria with my sister and I'll never forget he walks in. He's wearing, this is when jerseys were in, he was wearing like this maroon and yellow jersey with like jean shorts and the matching sneakers and his headphones and I was like, ooh, it's kind of cute. <laughs> And so I called him over because I always know what I want. And I called him over and asked him his name. And there's a funny story I learned for you. When I asked him his name, his first name is Aaron. And my ex-boyfriend's name was Aaron. So I was like, oh, no, definitely not him. <laughs> but that's how we met for the first time. And then we went on a date like that weekend. And we've been inseparable ever since. Actually, I've seen her um, the year before. at It's a big track meet here in, in Austin called Texas Relays. and. Um, I was there with my mom and my brother, and I seen her, and she had on a, a bib with a number five on it. And at that time, I didn't really know too much about track, so I thought that was like her jersey number. So um, I ended up going to UT the next year, went on campus looking for her, and they told me that she actually had a boy, a boyfriend. So I was like, man, I want that number five back <laughs> Texas track team. So um, maybe a month or two later, I found out that she was broken up with a boyfriend, and. That's when that happened. I played like I'd never seen her before <laughs> and, and everything. And um, we ended up hooking up right after that. Yeah. <laughs> First off, it was our looks. Um, I seen <laughs> a little slim waist, nice booty. Um, just the looks attracted me from the very start. And then after that, after I had a chance to meet her and hear a conversation, I fell in love head over heels with her after that. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely think there is that physical attraction first. And of course, when I saw him walk in, I did think he was fine. But um, it's so funny. I'll never forget the first time my mom saw him. And my in Jamaica, we call a man who kind of has his foot turned in like pigeon toe. No, what do call it? What do we call it? Mom, pigeon toe? Slew foot? Okay. But do Americans call it pigeon toe too? Yeah, pigeon toe. No, but I feel like I'm Jamaicans have another saying for it, mom. When you first saw him, what did you say? All right. <laughs> okay, so it's called the same thing. I'll never forget the first time my mom saw him and she was like, what Pigento, man of the best man. <laughs> and that kind of sealed the deal for me when my mom fell in love with him too. And he just had such a warm spirit. And I, I kind of say that, I think that was kind of grace. Like when I first saw him, of course, I didn't know much about him, but there was some kind of connection. I think it was deeper than physical. And um, and literally, like, we were inseparable all through college. Like, you didn't see Ross without seeing me. So cool. She would come to my classes. Oh, she you would came to my to classes. Lunch, she would... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it's a So my husband is older than me and got a scholarship to the University of Texas in 2000, 2001. 2001. And then because of a clerical error with one of his classes, he went back to high school. So I was in college for one year and then he came in 2003. So my sophomore year, his freshman year, yep. his second freshman year. Second freshman year. <laughs> well, <laughs> 
I think it came became official for her way before it came official for me. She, uh, <laughs> I remember we, I had a suite mate um, in the dorm rooms and um, I was on the way to talk every night. And it was one night she just sprung on me, I love you. And I just out of the blue, I, I, I love you too. And I kind of paused, hung up the phone and ran in my suite mate's room and like, man, I think I messed up. <laughs> I just told this girl I love her. <laughs> but she was calling me her boyfriend, um, maybe. Right months. away, yeah, I think, right I away. mean, it's so funny. I always tell girls this, they think it's crazy. But when I met my husband, like after the first week, I was like, you know, you're my boyfriend, right? You know, you're my fiance, right? You know, you're, so I, I literally like spoke always into spoke it into existence. And you know, he, the, the best thing about Ross that I love is that he laughs at everything. He <laughs> smiles and laughs at everything. And so when I would say it, he would just like, you know, laugh it off and smile it off. But before we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend, I was like, you know, you're my boyfriend, right? right. And you know, eventually I just became that. And then I was his fiance and then his wife. So it worked. I don't know if it worked for everybody, but <laughs> it worked for us. <laughs> he still thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Um, sheesh. She had me from the start. Like I said, I seen her the year before I had a chance to meet her. And um, I think that's just a God thing to kind of play like you're not really in love with the girl, but kind of like the ch how to chase you a little bit. But I was, I was hooked from the start. <laughs> and so was it hard being like student athletes and in a relationship? Uh, for me personally, it wasn't. I think just because of the way I was, I was brought up, I was, always bouncing around so um we had a chance to see each other and be around it be around each other all the time during her season my off season so i get a chance to support her and during my season it's her off season so she has a chance to support me so We've seen each other quite a bit. I think for the girls a little bit harder, you know, I think <laughs> because I think as a football player, especially at the University of Texas and Aaron went to the University of Texas in 2003 when they were like one of the best teams in the country. And so, you know, the football players are coveted and all the girls, you know, so I think for me it's a little bit more challenging because it's like I did, I did make my first Olympic team in 2004. So I was kind of out of the school setting a little bit earlier. And you know how girls can talk and say certain things. So I think there were some things for me in the beginning where it was like kind of setting that foundation of trust and love and he never gave me anything to worry about but it was the other girls who would say stuff and you know I want to steal your man but <laughs> for the most part when I think about our connection it was always really solid and great but yeah I think dating an athlete in, in college is not easy um, especially when they're on the number one football team in the country <laughs> and they look like these <laughs> <laughs> So I started running when I was seven and I was born in Kingston, Jamaica and track and field is the biggest sport. And so I remember as young as eight or nine years old watching the Olympics and the whole country would shut down literally. Like people didn't go to work, like TVs were in the middle of Harborview and the center of our city to watch the Olympics. And so I desired that from a very young age to be a part of that. And I kind of felt like everything I did throughout my life was kind of setting me up to hopefully accomplish those things. So for sure for me, the Olympics were always my dream. Uh, for me, no, it wasn't. The NFL was just something that was kind of far-fetched. My coaches and friends told me I was a prospect to go, but it was just nothing that was at the forefront of my mind. But um, after my junior year, that's when I started to really see it and believe it. And then honestly, my wife, she watching her become a professional and how she had, like really stayed disciplined and 
and kind of set a schedule for herself and just had everything set up the way she had it set up, it was kind of opened my eyes up to, to become a professional athlete and kind of train with a purpose. So that was thanks to you, baby. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> So my husband and I dated starting in 2003. I went pro in 2004. We were still living in Texas. I traveled the world competing, but our home base was still Austin. Uh, and then Ross was drafted and went to the NFL in 2007 and was drafted to the New York Giants. So we would live half of the year, the year in New York and half of the year in Austin. And I remember like kind of pressuring Ross to, I wanted to be engaged, I wanted to be engaged. And he was like, uh-oh. I've got to get my yeah, money I together. Get my money. I want to be able to pay <laughs> I for the ring. The ring. Happy I waited. But <laughs> <laughs> and so we were engaged in 2007, but because the Olympics were in 2008 and then the World Championships were in 2009, we didn't plan our wedding until 2010. So that's really how come we ended up being um, dating for so long. I think we would have been married sooner if I didn't have my Olympics and World Championships coming up. And just the planning for that, I couldn't even have imagined planning a wedding uh, at the same time. So we would have probably been married sooner, but you know, it was perfect but it was timing. perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> With her turning professional before me, I was in college still while she was pro. And at that time, I think it was my junior or senior year, she was ready to be engaged. <laughs> and, I couldn't afford a ring at that time, not the type of ring that she deserves. So I don't know if it was that was part of my excuse or <laughs> <laughs> why do you even need an excuse? Or if that was the truth. But um I definitely wanted to make sure she had the ring that she really wanted. And I had to wait until I got drafted. So that was the whole Yeah, I, I just felt like financially I needed to be stable. Um our love was it was there. I never questioned that, my commitment to her. It was Mainly just the, the ring that she wanted. I know my woman, she's, <laughs> she wanted a nice ring. So in order for me to do that, I had to be, be set financially. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, all of my friends joke with me all the time and ask me, how did I do it at such a, a young age? Um, I was what, 25. I was 20, oh yeah, 25, 25 when you proposed. When I, when I proposed yeah. and 27 when I got, got married, so. All of my friends always ask me, hey, what were you thinking? <laughs> Just going to the NFL, getting winning the Super Bowl, all of the, the little limelight that comes behind being a professional athlete and getting married so young, I always got a little backlash from my friends. But like I said, from the very first day I seen that five on the side of her, her leg, I, I, I was in love with her. So that was that's my baby. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I would say as a woman, I think it's different. I think that we do see ourselves getting married, especially when you've been in a committed relationship for so long. A lot of my friends weren't married though, not because they, but most of them weren't in committed relationships. So we were definitely one of the first in our friends, um, our group of friends, and especially professional athletes to get married. Um, but like I said, we were dating for seven years. He, he, it's so funny because sometimes you look back and people are like, oh yeah, Ross was there. Like you'll think, I'll think about instances in my life where I was so young, I met him when I was 17, you know, and he was there, he was already a part of my, of my life. So it was perfect timing for us, um, but a lot of our friends weren't married. And I think we set an example for a lot of our friends. My sister actually married his best friend, <laughs> which is amazing. And you know, I think that even for, for him, his best friend who didn't go to the NFL, but I also think would have probably been single longer. Um, you know, I think he 
admired seeing our relationship and the stability that comes to a man who has a wife. And so I think for us, that was, it's, it's been a proud thing for me to be one of the first ones to get married and to see my friends now getting married. We're all having kids and stuff. It's just a fun time. I have a stepfather now and my mom is married now, but um, then my mom, she wasn't married growing up, but um, having a chance to see her be, be with my stepdad, it, it definitely influenced me to that it could work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was very, very fortunate to come from a nuclear family and my mom and dad have been married for, I'm 31, so they've been married for 33 years. And it's to me, I think it's like the most important thing that um, two adults can do for their kids. Like when I think about the love that my parents had for us, I, I would want nothing else for my children. Um, and so I think for, for me, even there's like some like unconscious and subconscious lessons that you learn from a two parent household that really help you. And my dad, my dad was definitely my first boyfriend. He loved on me so much. And, he made me set a really high standard for the man I was gonna marry. And so, yeah, I'm very, very fortunate to come from a household of, of um, two people who are married and love each other and really supported us growing up. Like, it's, it's really awesome. <laughs> my mom got married when I was 13. Mm -hmm. So I think the main thing for me was missing out on my dad, having someone in the household to kind of show me how to fix a tire, um, take out the trash, just manly things that's, that goes on around the house, how to, Make sure to open the doors for your wife, your family, um, just little things that I missed out on. It really drove me to, to want a family and want to be that man that came for my wife. And um, I think that's, that's really what drove me is not having a dad in the beginning of my adolescence and just wanting to be that for my wife. There's, there's a lot of differences, I think, with being married and not being married. Um, there's some really good things. I think for me as a woman, um, you f I feel really secured. I think when you're dating someone, sometimes you have an argument. You're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the end of the relationship. You know, are we going to make it? And I think even with our relationship being really strong, it's still a thought. But there's something that changes when you stand in front of God and your family and you commit to each other that okay, these fights aren't gonna end our relationship, you know, and that you are gonna try to love that person through the ups and downs. So I think that level of security is probably one of the best things that I've found um, with being married. But then, you know, it's also, you realize it's truly a commitment. And I think sometimes you look at marriage and you're like hoping for this fairy tale and this fantasy, and that is gonna always be roses, and it's not. You know, it's hard work. And I think love is a choice. You know, you have to choose to wake up and love this person every single day. And you know, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. And so you learn that through marriage that it's not gonna be just smooth sailing. Yeah. And you find what works for the two of you and you know, you keep on pushing. But I think most importantly, when God is in the center of your marriage, that's the way you make, that's how we make it through. You know, because I realized that Ross is not meant to fulfill all of my needs. I'm not meant to fulfill all of his. You know, only God can do that. And I just, you know, I pray for my husband a lot and in hopes that he'll develop into the man that God wants him to be. And then I just love him in the meantime. Like she said, God um, didn't want, uh, what did you say again? I don't know. I think <laughs> God didn't want a man to be alone. I don't know, yeah. why did you have a soulmate? I don't know what you're gonna say. Damn, I had it just said, Pew! <laughs> you're right. <laughs> right. I don't think it, there are expectations, but I believe marriage is a, is a partnership, is, is ran like a team. I'm an athlete, so 
I use a lot of analogies and kind of structure my life on how I know a team to be ran. And sometimes <laughs> with her, um, with us having long careers in, in our professional sports, sometimes our jobs are, are kind of taken away because the other person is a little lenient on that Be plain, that just person. say what you're trying to say. <laughs> Sometimes you used to cook when I was training and now your expectation is that I'm gonna cook exactly. every day. Exactly. And it hasn't so started that's, happening that's, yet. That's what it is. <laughs> this is what marriage is all about. Right. <laughs> Working yeah. through this stuff. That's, so that's that's basically what it is. Um we're just now kind of we're starting to see where we need to be as a as a unit, as a whole. And um especially being retired being in the kitchen more doing man, more manly things that I, I laxed on um handyman work um just little things like that that we we're still struggling with today especially coming out of sports but um it's, it's fun it's just like we're, we're still molding one another into the people that we want one another to be so i think that's the best thing about marriage is it gonna happen I'm going to keep working on it. Well, you know, I, I think like Ross said, we are very unique in the fact that, and I, well, I guess every couple is always, you're always evolving and things are always changing. Um, but for us specifically, because we were athletes, there's so many things that I didn't do, you know, because like 90% of my day was my training, training, you know, whether I'm resting or eating or taking an ice bath and doing all these things. And so we had a lot of support, you know, my mom and dad helped out a lot when it came to cooking and stuff. And we had people come in to help us. So it's now just finding our groove as um, retired and being like being a housewife to some degree, cause I'm really an entrepreneur housewife, but you know how that works. But <laughs> Um, and just, yeah, trying to meet these new, I think a little bit of expectations and standards of what it is to be a wife that's not an athlete. And so, you know, I don't really like to cook. You know, cooking is a sacrifice of love. And so <laughs> I, um, I try to do it when I can, but it's just not really my favorite thing. And he's great about it. You know, he only fusses with me like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's a struggle for me. So scoot back in <laughs> this is what I think my love I think that in marriage you have to appreciate the person for who they are and I think that even though we are evolving I don't like uh, you know there, there can't be this constant pressure to conform or change a person to be totally you know maybe who you want them to be at that time. So my husband knows I, I love to work and I've always loved to work. Like running was just what I did for a very long time, but I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Like my mission is to take over the world. I want to be a mogul. And so, you know, I think that we have to find that balance still. And even though our lives are changing, you know, I just, I, I, I would be very unhappy if I was just sitting in the house cooking all day and I wouldn't be a good wife. So, you know, I think it's about finding that balance for me and yes, I'll cook, um, you know, when I can, but I don't see myself. No, I do not see myself being a complete stay at home wife and mom cooking every day. And I think Ross is okay with that. No, definitely. Um, I, I wouldn't um, want her to be that person because I know, I know the type of person I married. So um, her being at home just cooking and being a complete housewife—that's not the person that I married. The person that I married is the one that encouraged me to be a professional and get to the next level. And um, just just seeing her drive, it, it motivates me to to become a. a 
a better entrepreneur, just a, a, a more business minded person. I'm more laid back. So there's no way I would tell her to just completely become a housewife, but <laughs> sometimes it needs to be done. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Well, we are both super excited about finally, um, you know, being pregnant. Um, Ross and I have wanted to have a child for a long time, but being a female athlete, it's just, it's women do it, but it's really hard um, to have a child, especially at the height of your career. And so it's perfect timing for us now to um, have our first child. We're having a boy. You know, I think it's funny. Ross and I have talked about this so long. I know it's going to change our lives. Like we hear that, we see that, but I feel like for the most part, we're on the same page as far as like how Embracing we want to parents and all those things. And so, you know, we're both open to the change and excited about it. Um, we do have a few things that we're still working out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still I want, you know, one of the things is I, I definitely feel like we should have like a nanny or someone to help us out because when I was growing up, my mom had um, someone in Jamaica that helped her. And like I explained to Ross, it's not so much that they raise your child. It's just that as a mom, you got laundry, you have to cook, you have all these things and having that person here kind of full time really helps with that. My husband sees it a little bit differently. So, you know, so I think that's one of the, one of the issues. We, one of the only things that we're kind of trying to work through is, you know, will we bring someone in and what would that look like? But otherwise, you know, I think we're both super duper excited and looking forward to this phase of, of our lives. Yes, I'm super excited about the new addition. Um, it's just, I can't wait to be a daddy, um, just to be able to t teach him the things that I wish I would have known growing up, um, just to give him an advantage. We call it the cheat code, basically. And talking about what you were saying <laughs> with the nanny thing, I'm not I'm not against the nanny at all. It's just I, I like to I want to go through the whole the hardships, waking up in the morning, um, getting up, having to what, wash the bottles. Um, just the, the whole Washing thing. bottles, changing diapers, just, I, walking I'm, around like crying. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm just being able to experience that with my wife and my kids and just have those stories that our friends have about their hard nights, sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. to, um, I'm excited to, to just be able to join in that conversation instead of laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, my husband is full-fledged American by now, right? <laughs> he is like eats what we eat like he understands patois like him and my dad are super close and so i think that for the most part he's like really embraced my culture um, we were actually in jamaica just last week i know this is not going to air right then but we visit jamaica a lot and um, i think that really helps ross to understand me and my family and our family dynamic you know one thing about i don't know if it's i don't know if it's a jamaican thing or just my family thing. we're very very close we know we love each other really hard which ross is the same his family is really close too so i think i think one more thing i think about it is that um being from jamaica like we have you know a strong culture and history my dad my dad knows i mean he's like an historian of ages and I think that maybe opened up Ross's eyes because he's now like really into learning about black history and you know where we've come from and my dad has really kind of helped him to see that and it's just developed him so much. So yeah, I think he's just really embraced the Jamaican culture in my family. I agree a hundred percent. Call myself a Jamaican. So, um, <laughs> no, it's, it, I think the, the Jamaican culture is e really easy to, to love. It's Bob Marley, one love. So yes. it, it speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love everything about the Jamaican culture. Um, us, as far as individuals, we're, we're complete 
night and day. She's a fireball and I'm kind of just mellow. But um, as far as culture, I think it's yeah, pretty much similar. How we were raised, our upbringing yeah. is pretty much the yeah. same. What, okay, so one of the things that I feel like I've learned, one of the things I love about our relationship, I don't know if this is the right answer, but the first thing is you gotta give the person room to grow. And, you know, I, I kind of mentioned about the fact that my husband has been really into black culture and black history, and, you know, it's changing him. And I think that what I've learned in relationships is that you have to give, you can't expect the person to be the same person you started dating at 20 when they're 30, 35. It just, it's not the same. And so, I think you have to give the person room to grow and they have to do the same for you. So sometimes you don't get to the same place at the same time. And you know, if you're gonna be frustrated with me because I'm not where you are, then it's gonna be hard for us to stay in a relationship. So I think that's one of the things I've learned is, you know, like watching him grow and there are things that my husband did not like to do that he now embraces and does. And it changes who he is, but it, you know, I, I love it. I love to see that growth in him. And I think that's super important. One of the other things that we have found in our marriage that I think really works is, our, you know, every couple argues um, and, you know, everyone has their way of dealing with it. But one of the things that we started doing about a year or two ago that I love is sometimes in an argument, you're going to say something that you regret, right? It's just not going to come out right. Um, you might have, you kind of mean it, but you don't. And what we do is we give each other a pass. So like if I say something and it's like, and it's like cuts too deep or, and he's like, and I'm like, you know, but I didn't mean it like that. And instead of harping on it, we just let it go. Like God forgives us. And so we try to incorporate that kind of forgiveness in our marriage. And that's one thing I know it sounds like really ideal, idealistic, but it really helps because sometimes in those heated moments, you do say something that you wish you could take back. And you know, I'm just like, babe, just forgive me. I didn't mean to say it like that. And we're able to move on and we really try not to go to bed angry at each other. Like we don't do it all the time, but 90% of the times we do. And I think that really helps. And I'll say one more thing that I'm going to shut up. Um, and another thing I love is like- You can see who's the talker in this relationship, huh? <laughs> no, and everything is, it's funny. Like my husband, so we have a two-story house, right? So I call upstairs 2B. And it's just funny because sometimes my husband, I'm like, okay, just go to 2B, go to your apartment. And you know, and it's, it's, it's cool because it helps us to kind of just take a little time apart and like get our, you know, and then he will come, I'll go up and say, you still love me or whatever. And, or he'll be like, I'm going to 2B. And it's just like our, you know, so it's just little things that work for us. And um, it makes our relationship fun. And I think, I definitely think a key to the past is owning it. Like, I think if I say something and I'm like, well, I meant it, or if I go even worse and I don't get the past, but if I say, you know what, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean it. Then I think you're able to kind of swallow it and say, okay, all right. Try to forget that you said that. But yeah, it's absolutely owning it. I think for Ross all the time when we argue, he's like, babe, if I tell you something, because he doesn't argue with me a lot, it really bothers me. So when you fight it, it makes it harder for me to get past it. And so I've internalized that and said, okay, hey, if I really feel like I've done something that's wrong, then I do try to own it right away so it doesn't become a prolonged argument. Um, yeah, like like Sonya said, I, I think when the, the thing that changed our, our relationship or should helped it helped it grow was basically going into the argument not trying to win the fight we're trying to basically solve the problem get to a, a resolution i think that's been the, the biggest change is not fighting not going trying to win because in the beginning especially when you're young you already have your ideas in your head okay if she comes in here and say this i got this for her. yeah <laughs> so um instead of trying to win an argument i think we would just 
try to solve it. And we know we're in this thing forever, so it's no need to just keep being mad at one another. Yeah, I think my dad, I remember my dad said to us one time, he actually said those words, you're not trying to win an argument, you know? Like, at the end of the day, you should be trying to resolve the issue. Um, and if you're not trying to win, then you're not trying to beat the other person. Because like he said, if one person wins, inevitably one person is losing. And so I think my dad was the one who said that to us. I don't know if that's where you got it from, but that's where I remember hearing it for the first time. And so did you hear it from somewhere else? Yes. Where? I, I think it goes on with the, the whole, this black movement that I've, I've been watching. I've watched a, a lot of just helpful videos that help me grow as a person. And um, it's just little things that I got from, from those videos. But like Sonya said, me and I call them pops, we're watching those same videos. So we're, we're watching and grow together. So it, it could have came from, <laughs> it came from the same, same source. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the videos are just inspirational and, and motivational type of videos. And growing up as a black male in, um, in America, especially down south, we learn nothing about our history. So um, when you go into a class and, and you're learning about Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, guys like that, um, you're really not as interested because these people don't look like you. So when I started to kind of research the kings and queens in Africa and what the black power movement really meant. Um, it just made me feel empowered and wanted to become a better person. Just wanted to become a better man, a better husband, a better son, a better brother, just a better person overall, because I felt like I started to really understand who I was, who I am and, and why God put me here. So I think that was just the, the ultimate change in my life. You know, I think, um, you know, you we can't get around the kind of climate that we're in and the things that we see every day, um, especially that happen to young black men in, in our communities. And, you know, as a black woman, I've, you know, I've had a husband, a father, um, cousins, brothers and everything. But it is different when you start to think that, wow, I'm going to have a black boy. And I'm going to be that mom who sometimes is worried that he's going to make it home safely. And, and it's, it's, it's very concerning. But I think for me, it's about being honest with your kids. And I, we're going to do the best that we can at when the time is right to have those conversations about his reality. And, you know, hopefully in 15, 20 years, it's better. <laughs> and, you know, we don't have to say, hey, you know, no hoodies at nighttime and none of these things that we've seen that could cause, you know, to, to rock a mother's role forever. So, but yeah, I think for Ross and I, it's really about being honest with our son and not sugarcoating it. And just, you know, we wanted to get home every single day and every night. Um, and that's gonna be a priority for me, but it's definitely gonna change the dynamics for me because I'm a black woman in America and we face our issues, they're different. But to have a son now is gonna make it more real for me too, as to what it is to be a black man in America. I agree. Um, I was a black boy in being raised in, the, in in this society. So I have some things that, like Sonya said, I can just be completely blunt with them. And, and with me learning more and more about who we are, I'm just excited about the, the, the opportunity. I'm, I'm, ex I'm really excited about this, this whole change. Well, I'm 34 now, I'm retired from the NFL, and now becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, we have our own 
car chauffeur company. Um, we're getting into real estate and other little entrepreneur things. Yep, <laughs> and I am 32 and officially retired from professional track and field. And yeah, also an entrepreneur working on a new book and all these new exciting projects. But it is crazy, you know, like to think that at such a young age, you tell people that you're retired <laughs> um, and people are like, what? You know, but um, we had long careers, you know, like they said the NFL is not, not for long. long. <laughs> and Ross had nine years in the NFL and I competed for 13 years professionally in track and field and made three Olympic teams. So I think ultimately though, the best part about having those experiences is that they transfer over to life and entrepreneurship and hopefully motherhood and everything. So we poured our hearts into something for very long, but I think that it, you know, it lasts forever. And now we'll just transition and do other really cool things and win gold medals and Super Bowl rings and other places and other ways. <laughs> Ross Elite Chauffeur <laughs> Company. Um, yes, that's what we're working on together. It was something that we basically started um, thinking about when we were in New York. We had a, a driver for the nine years I was mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Just in New York, you don't drive. So we were with him a lot. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of watching him, his movements and how the business worked and knowing that I was coming up on retirement pretty soon. And Austin needed, had a need for car service. Um, it was no better idea than, than to jump into business together. And she she's business savvy and knows how to get things going. And um, I'm very detail oriented. So we kind of meshed those two qualities that we have together and, and started this Ross Elite. Yeah. So um, for Ross Elite, I do um, like most of the marketing. I love marketing. So um, I do all the marketing. I also helped in the beginning with kind of getting everything set up. Like Ross bought all the cars and um, you know, he loves that kind of stuff going. He got got the Sprinter van fixed up and did all that kind of thing. And he's better with money, so he's the one. <laughs> he's the one that manages the books and um, you know pays all the drivers. He also manages the drivers full time. So Ross is kind of doing all the operations, day to day stuff. It's kind of his full time thing now. Um, and I just kind of help with the marketing side of things and just always a resource that he bounces ideas off of. You know, Ross Lee is kind of like his baby um, and I'm just trying Our to help baby. him. Well, <laughs> my baby. <laughs> yeah, but Ross is, Ross is his main project. You know, I've been working on a few things that also take a lot of my time and energy. So I'm not able to do Ross Elite full time. You know, my biggest project is my book that I've been working on that I'm super excited about that um, will be out when this airs um, called Chasing Grace. It's just funny, like how the book stuff works. You know, I started with one idea and I never forget the writing coach who was working with us said the book is going to evolve, you know, and it literally, it's not, it's nothing like what I thought it would be, but I love it. And that, you know, so, and I actually ended up having three books. So we have that book, a teen book and a kid's book that's all coming out. So, you know, I've been working on that. I also commentate with NBC. So I travel and still commentate with track and field, which is really fun. And I own a business with my sister. So I got a lot of stuff that I work on um, while also working on Lost Elite. Now you see why she can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we make time. Yeah, we make definitely. time for the two of us, you know? And I think when we were athletes, like Ross said, we had um, opposite schedules, which really worked. So when I was competing at the height of my season, you know, he was able to come and support me. And then when he was in football, the same thing. And now actually, we actually spend more time more together. Time. 
because we're in the house together 24 seven. Like he used to go to training camp and I'd be somewhere in Paris or Rome running. So now we live together. And a lot of the, the things that we're doing, it's we can get it done from home yeah. or on vacation or whatever the case may be. So we still have time to Yeah, to we have more time yeah, together now more, than we did. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, we make the most of it. Yes, there have been some challenges yeah. now that we are full-time roommates. <laughs> He's cute, but when Thursday rolls around, he forgets it's trash day tomorrow. <laughs> or when he jumps out his clothes and leaves it there for two days. <laughs> I got an USA. <laughs> yeah, just trying you know? to keep on the toes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but no, there were challenges with us being together full-time because, you know, there's some things about each other that we're not, we just weren't used to. And, you know, and so like, even I'll be like, babe, when you leave the house last, you have to turn the air up because we come back home, it's so cold. You know, there's little things that I would always do when I was here by myself that when Ross is here, it changes the dynamics. I think, yeah, definitely changed. And we have more conversations about what our expectations are of each other living in the house together. But ultimately, I think we have fallen in love with each other again. And I don't send him up to 2B that often anymore. <laughs> he doesn't go. So yeah, but it definitely does change um, because yeah, we were like almost like living together part-time before and now we're like full-time, one house, you know, together all the time. Tell them your challenges with me. Go ahead, tell them. Do we have time? <laughs> <laughs> now, I think just the biggest challenge with me with Sonya is growing up that her family used to call her um, Lucy. So over time, I started to realize why they call her Lucy. <laughs> She's um, just kind of all over the place at times. And I think that's just the biggest cha challenge with me. I'm more. I like to have things structured and in, in order and she's, she works best out of chaos. So I think that's a, the biggest problem, not problem, issue that we have as a couple. As a couple. Tell them what I did the other day. So <laughs> going to Jamaica, we, we were in Jamaica for four days and I was, I was coming back a day early. So we have our passports, I have my own cover for my passport she has her own cover for her passport she puts it in the safe i go in the safe i see my cover pull my passport out give a kiss goodbye head to the airport which is an hour and 30 minutes away get to the airport wait in this long line get to the front of the line hello ma'am how you doing <laughs> open my passport and it's hers <laughs> that type of stuff happens quite often. So just little things like that, where I have to woo-saw <laughs> and understand that's- It was a big that's, disaster. That's part of being married to my woman. <laughs> so do you get mad or can you laugh right away? I, I definitely get mad, but <laughs> I, I can woo-saw. No, he's, but he's a calm mad though. I'm like he, he, he gets mad but it's manageable mad, like he doesn't explode, you know? And I, when he called me, I was like, Lord, why? <laughs> this man drove an hour and a half and he has my passport, but he's awesome when it comes to that. But he, he definitely does get annoyed with me. And like you said, I'm always moving so quickly and you know, I try to be in the moment, but it's just not always, not always the case, so. I guess the advice I would give to a married couple or someone who's trying to get married is just just allow your 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 mate to be who they are. Um, allow them to grow. If you have a 
a go get a wife like I have. Um, don't cut her wings. Just don't put her in a cage. Just allow allow yourself to to mold with her. Have patience and just be able to to just. You know, That's good. Love them, love them like that. Yeah, just be able to to love them no matter what and um, accept them for who they are and and find find a way to. I don't like how that sounds. No, you're doing great. It was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I don't like how that sounds. It's good. If I were to give advice uh, to someone who was first about to get married, I would say don't expect the person to change. Um, I think a lot of times women are going to get married like, oh, he's going to do this better or he's, it's not going to happen. I think sometimes a marriage actually exacerbates the problem. So I think if you have a problem, try to work through it before marriage. I think that's ultimately the most important thing you can do. And then I think when you become married, um, I think as a woman, you have to remember what your roles are. Um, and I think as a woman, you know, we hate that word being submissive, but I do think that we are here to be helpmates, helpmate for our husbands. And I think God is proud of us when we help our men become the best that they can be and support them. And I think I'm a great example of that when it comes to, it doesn't mean that you are in the shadows or you don't have a voice. But um, I remember one thing, I can't remember where I heard it before, but anything with two heads is a monster. And so you have to let your husband be the head of your house. And if you don't trust him to be the head of your house, don't marry him. Yeah, I think it's ultimately for us to make our, our men better. And I think when we love on our men hard, they love on us harder. When we respect and support them, um, they show us the kind of love that we need. I think that that starts with us. And so if we can do that, then I think you'll have a successful marriage. Yeah, marriage that can stand the test of time. Hey, are you married? Actually, Damn. I am. Let's see, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you hit it out the park. Thanks.